Tonight we're going to continue our series on Jesus and relationship. And tonight, we never changed that, but tonight we're going to be looking at dealing with a difficult relationship. Now, there's something that all of us in this room have in common. All right? We have all seen conflict, right? We all may be in conflict. But we know one thing for sure is that conflict is something that destroys our whole earth, our families, generations, things because of conflict. Jesus' teaching don't always prescribe a plan of action. Often, they have a concept, ways of applying God truth to the world around us. But in this path, Jesus gives us the amounts to step-by-step process on how to deal with conflict in a God-honoring way. Your goal will be to take Jesus' teaching from this path and come with a practical way as we can look at today in our modern world. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew 18. And let me just say this before we get, we get there. This is what we call in a church way of church discipline. All right? Now, you may be saying, well, why do we need to talk about this? Well, we need to talk about this because if we could understand how to deal with conflict at your age, then as we get older, it will get a lot easier. You see, church... church um, you know, conflict and discipline is something that a lot of churches don't even think about doing. And you may be wondering, what am I talking about by church discipline? I mean that basically because someone is caught in sin and they don't want to repent, that basically they are laid aside because they don't take these steps. Now, I want you to just imagine for a second in your, and we're going to go a little bit into your small groups with this, but I want you to imagine for a second that somebody at school, you know that this individual has talked about you right? You know they're talking bad about you, or you know, you know that this thing is going on. Now, what we like to do a lot of times is we don't like to talk about the conflict that we're going through, or we don't like to talk to the person that we have the conflict with. What we'd rather do is talk to everyone else about the conflict and cause bigger problems. Let me ask you a question. If I had a conflict with an individual, all right? I'm not going to call them names. Bob, all right, Bob over here. And me and Bob had a conflict, right? But I go to Ted over here, and I talk to Ted about me and Bob's conflict. What do you think is going to happen? Huh? Bob is going to probably go tell Ted. Ted will go talk to Bob. Ted might go tell about five other people. They know I got a problem with Bob, and so what's going to happen? It's going to be a big, it's going to be a big problem. A bigger problem than what if I would have just said, you know what, forget talking to Ted, I just go straight to Bob and we could talk it out. But now the whole world knows, or the whole whatever circle they know. Which brings us to Matthew 18, 15, and it says this, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Again, we're looking at this in today's society. If I know someone has a problem with me, we need to go talk about that ourselves. Let's try to get this right first. Just me and you, let's sit down, have a conversation, and let's try to get this right. And the scripture says, look, if y'all could get it right that way, then y'all have gained your relationship back. You've gained a brother. You are, you are back together. You understand. But again, what happens is, Instead of us dealing with the one-on-one, we let the whole world know before we even tell Bob about it. And it creates a big problem. Because if me and Bob did get this 
sorted out. Because I've already told Ted and Ted's told five or six other people, if they see me and Bob talking, they're thinking, boy, Nicholas, that's a hypocrite, eh? How bad he was talking about Bob and this thing about Bob and everything else. You see, that's why you've got to be very careful. That's why with conflict, it's easier just to go one-on-one and talk to the individual. That's how to get things right. Now, there are some people that will either love that idea and be acceptable of it and say, thank you for coming to me, or you're going to have this individual who's going to be very mad and don't want nothing to do with you. They don't want to get things right. They don't have no, you know, they, don't, they, don't, they just don't want to get it right. They'd rather just keep not liking each other and whatever conflict going on, they'd rather keep it going. Which brings us to the second part. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So basically, if me and Bob don't get it together, we can't sort this out. Bob isn't accepting whatever apology or let's sit down and talk about it. Then I got to get other people involved. It's not until then that I get other people involved. I shouldn't get anyone involved until it comes to that point. So what happens? Well, I get two or three people. And let me just say this. This is not two or three people that's going to come to the conflict and take your side and tell Bob that he's wrong because, you know, that's my friend. And he's going, no, I think you should find as neutral person as possible and let them hear exactly what it is and let them decide and see how they can help you out. You see, too many times we try to deal with conflict or we don't deal with it. And you know what? You could look at adults and say all you want that only adults have conflict, but guess what? Y'all know it's true, I know it's true, that y'all have conflict in your own schools and with other friends. And you know what? If you don't deal with conflict, things are going to start to, to creep in your life. Anger and bitterness. And bitterness will eat you alive. It will kill you. That's why it's very important to deal with conflict when it's small. You know, it's just like a whole, you know, a song we used to sing in Sunday school growing up. It only takes a spark to get a fire going, right? Maybe you don't want to sing that song, okay? But I just wanted to, you know, just, just so you know. But it only takes a spark to get a fire going. And what usually happens to that fire? You know, y'all have, y'all have heard all my... Um, trying to burn down the bush stories when, you know, when I was younger and everything else and, you know, roasting hot dogs in the street and everything else. But it's amazing, it's amazing how if you don't, if you don't get that fire out completely, that that one spark could burn everything else. And that's what happens to us. When we don't deal with conflict, it's going to eat you alive and it's going to cause a big issue in you. So, we would hope that after we bring two or three people, we will get this, this problem sorted out. And this is, what brings it, this is what brings it to the church, the church discipline part. If a per, if a, if, verse 17, if you refuse to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if you refuse to listen to even the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Basically what it's saying is, look, 
If that person doesn't repent of sin and, and they, you know of sin, and let me just say this, it's not about rumors. It's not about, well, I heard this. No, no, it's about factual stuff. You see, too many times we like to say, I heard this about so-and-so. But we don't know it's true. You can't go by hearsay. Because guess what? If I went by everything I heard about some of you, then I might have a different perspective of you. I'm a person, I'll be honest with you, I'm like this. I'm a straight shooter. If I hear something about you, I'm coming right to you and talking to you about it and say, hey, this is what I heard about you. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Because I want to get the truth. I'm not about rumors. I'm not about lies. I'm not about gossip. That's not me. I will come directly to you and say, hey, I heard this about you. Now, you could either tell me it's true or it's not. And if you lie to me, that's between you and God. You see, I think too many times we don't do that. We like to beat around the bush. But it doesn't make sense. How am I going to know what's, what's the problem unless we really deal with it? That's why it's very important to think about this. It says, if that person refuses, you tell the church. And if he refuses even to the church, let it be the Gentile. Now, what do they think? What do the Jews think about Gentiles? They didn't like them, right? They were like outcasts, right? They were like people you didn't associate with. You know what? We could just leave them alone. What about tax collector? <laughs> Anyone like tax collectors in here? I don't. You know, I, I wish we didn't have to pay taxes. But you have to, right? Right? And if you know someone is coming to collect taxes, what are you going to try to do in one way or the other? You can try to avoid them. Right? You all already know that because you all come to customs and you all don't pay taxes sometimes to the government. So you all know about that. All right? No one likes a tax collector. No one likes someone to always come after you asking for money. You see, I don't know, none of you have probably never, well, not yet, but if you, there are these people called debt collectors when you're in debt, right? And they'll come around and their whole job is to make sure that that company gets their money. And what some companies do, they'll hire somebody outside the company to do this because they want to make sure they get their money. Nobody likes people like that. That's what it's saying. Look, we treat them like a tax collector. We avoid them. Now, let me say this. In the case of a church, a church doesn't just say, all right, you go and we don't want nothing to do with you in a sense until that person is ready to repent. All right? Ready to say, you know what? I'm sorry. You know, and we want to try to restore them. You see, conflict is all about what? Restoration. There's no one who just wants to just let conflict go and let that person stay out of, out of ministry. Conflict is... As, well, in a church, it's about restoration. Now, does that mean that we just say, well, that person said they're sorry, and now we just let them do what they want? No. It can't work like that. Let me ask a question. If you knew I was a person, and I don't even, I, 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 I guess I kind of will, because I don't even know no club games by now. I only know Club Waterloo and things like that. They closed down, so I don't even know. But you know me. What's a club now? Any cl you all ain't no clubs, right? I could say, all right, good. All right, good. Because I could say, if you all know clubs, we in trouble. All right? 
Club Luna, right? That's the only one I know, right? Club Luna? That's a, that's a club, right? True, that's a club, right? All right, listen. Listen, listen. If you guys knew, all right, listen. If you guys knew I was clubbing all during the week, but I come up here on a Sunday or a Friday night, and I come in here teaching, what do you all think about that? What, what, would, what would you all think? It's not right, right? But yet, but yet, listen, yet, we had carnival last week, and I can guarantee you we had some people who was on the streets partying and church on Sunday. You see, listen, all right? You see, listen up. It's the reason why it has to be a process of restoration, all right? It's not that I just say, I'm sorry, and then I'm right back into ministry. No, that doesn't work that way. It's just like with me and you. If we're, if we're in conflict in one way or the other, you're going to have to prove that trust to me again. It doesn't just work that I say, oh, I'm sorry, and that's it. It, it all fixes you got to prove yourself to me, and i got to prove myself to you. It's just the way it is. But that's why it's better for us to just say, you know what, if we could just get to step one and just go one-on-one to that person and just get it right, then we avoid a lot of problems. We do. Because it's easier to work out a problem one-on-one because when others get involved, everyone got their hearsay, everyone got their opinion, and everyone's, you know... I talked about last week about being instigators. We have them. I probably am one of them, okay? But the bottom line is this, and we're going to look at it, but how do we apply this tonight? Well, I want you to think about these questions. How do you deal with conflict? How do you deal, how do you deal with everyday conflict? Do you, are you a person that you actually deal with it, or do you brush it aside and say, you know what? I don't, I don't have no conflict, but you know it's conflict. Secondly, how far are you willing to go to restore a relationship? How, willing, how far are you willing to go to restore a relationship? All right. Some people feel, you know what? I could go this, this way and that's it. Then you have some people that will go a mile. The bottom line is this. As a believer, as a believer, we got to try to go as far as we can to make that relationship work. Now, does that mean that if this was my best friend and all of a sudden we had a disagreement that that means we had to be best friends again? No. But I got to make sure in my heart that I have nothing against him or her, whatever. I got to make sure in my, my, I've done all I could to live at peace with that person. That's what the Bible tells me. I got to do my part. And thirdly and last, how would this change society if instead of telling others we just dealt and talked to the individual that we have conflict with. How much do you think that would solve, how much do you think that would change society if we just said, you know what, I'm going to deal with this one-on-one? Don't you think it would change a lot? Don't you think it would help? Because when we get other people involved and other people know, they have an opinion about it. And it's not just like, I could get things right and that's it. If I already told 10 people about it, 
when they see me and that person talking, they just say, you know what? Boy, what he just told me about him the other day. You see, that's why we have to deal with it one-on-one. So tonight in our small groups, um, you're going to do a little bit of role-playing. All right? Our um, your small group leaders have a paper, and they're going to go through some situations, and we're going to see how you would deal. And listen, I want you to be open. All right? I want you to be open. And talk sense. So, I'm going to pray, and Angelica is coming up here to make an announcement. All right? So, I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, and we thank you for much you love us, that you would send your son to die for us. And Father, I pray that you would help us to deal with conflict in the way the Bible tells us, that we would first of all try to deal with it one-on-one, and then bring others to others as well after the fact. But Father, I pray that you'd help us to not just want to be in conflict or just to want to, you know, just say I'm sorry and don't deal with it, but that we would truly restore relationships. Father, I pray that you continue to be with us tonight in our small group that we open and that we'll be um, responsible and that we'll be able to, that we listen to our small group leaders and be respectful. And we thank you for you, Don. In Jesus' name, amen.